0: First I was like, "What's going on? This guy's giving me mime shit right now." <laughs> it's like it's like how how all the IG live videos are going these days. Man, you saw
1: Teddy Riley out there, man. People don't want to talk about. People want to talk about what Teddy was doing. Teddy was like,
0: he was like,
1: I don't know, Teddy.
0: I can't. I can't. it a good time. It'd be a good time for mimes to break out. Dude, moms are running
1: like if you go down by, down by like Hollywood Boulevard, these are out here just crip walking and <laughs> <It's> doing <laughs> like it's they anyway, so they can get like six people doing mime stuff, man. They dominating, making a killing in these streets. <laughs> Taking up place of all the prostitutes and out here giving out so that's, that's
0: actually happening.
1: Dude, it's real life, man. A lot of stuff is happening out here. A lot of stuff's How you doing, man? Dude, I'm good, bro. I was, um...
2: Not too long since we talked to
1: all right? Yeah, yeah. It hasn't been that long. But, you know, a lot can change in a week, man. Like, you... I've been following up with family, trying to mm-hmm. see how you guys doing. Um, had some good talks with people I haven't talked to in a little bit. Like, how you doing? Oh, you know, I'm just struggling. And you started talking through that. And it just makes the connection better on that side of it. And then people who are telling you how well they're doing is also, like, encouraging. Because if you watch the news, all you see is bad so then we talk to people and they're like no we good over here like it's yeah there's some balance to the conversation so i'm like all right cool i'll
0: i'll take pride i'll take yeah that's good that's good how's you and your fam everybody's doing all right man my mom actually got tested for covid in the last couple weeks due to uh, work exposure Mm -hmm. but it came back fine
1: that's that's a blessing, dude. That's, that's, because a lot of people. I know, right?
0: That, that's the, because yeah. There are people who sit in there. And the thing house. is, I have a lot of healthcare. guys like like healthcare people in your family? I have a lot of family who are healthcare workers, so, yeah. yeah so, like, it's not even far-fetched to get in that situation. Oh, no. So, they, they're they on the front line. turned out all right. They, they get exposed
1: to it more than anybody else. So they should be... This is... This is it's going to sound wrong, but just go with me. They should be tested almost how, like, porn stars are tested for, like, STDs. Where, like, every, like, two, three weeks, whatever, they got to keep going through testing and all that because they don't want to, you know, affect one person and then, like, the whole, like, community kind of goes down. So it's a weird example, but it's accurate.
0: Well, you know, that would be the... Dream is for testing to be that easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm what, what, you, what you just described is the COVID utopia.
1: <laughs> we just got so many tests. We don't, we don't them. Like, give yourself, you get a test. <laughs> you get a test. <laughs> you get a test. You get a test. I agree with you Sam. That's, listen, I'm not, I don't want to, yeah. you know, belittle the conversation. It's just, I, I thought about it because I was talking about a porn star earlier today. And I was thinking about, like, they're like, oh, I can't talk to a porn star. They're too dirty. And I was like, they might be, I mean, yeah, maybe the usage rate is higher. But, like, in terms of infections, they might be cleaner than a lot of people we meet out in the streets who don't ever get tested, who, oh, yeah, I went raw that one time and it's fine and all that. Like, they don't even know. Just out here in the streets. So... I was giving, giving the points to us credit, is what I'm saying. I was like, you better give them up, man. They're doing their job. The public service.
0: That's
2: stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even so, do it. I'm going to be advocating. How's, how's, the, how's the vibe by you right now? You said the vibe? I'm over here advocating. <laughs> I, hey, I, I'm a supporter. <laughs> I'm
1: I staying with you. Uh, I stay with you on the front line, especially during the COVID, man. Like These types these <laughs> are showing up. These dudes is out here in these streets, man. Streaming's out of, out of control. Um, no, nah, man, I'm saying, how's the vibe? on the else? You guys doing all right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I can only, outside of my family and friends I've been talking to, I've really just been spending this time getting my own stuff together. Really, that's the biggest thing. Because how often do we have two months to just get your life together? Right? Just to, like, time mm-hmm. out and all the wake up. I mean, you you're still working, so you're, like, But, like, for my life, I'm a gym guy, so the gym is closed. (laughs) So I can't be like, oh, man, I got to rush off to work. It's like, no, you don't. You're not going to be open for another month and a half. So when I wake up, I have to put the to-do list together every day. And it's like, at some point, I need to go to the DMV and get my real ID, the quote-unquote real ID, where it's like your natural-born citizen ID because I guess they want to, you know, X out more um, illegals and stuff. So I got to go get that at some point. I've had the podcast today. I have a I had a business call before you and I have another one like at four. And so it's like, these are just on my to-do list. And then little stuff like laundry, wash your sheets, do your whites, whatever. And it just keeps you on a routine. So that's kept me sane. I'm not like people sitting at home just doing a bunch of this, just thumbs twiddling, <laughs> just not
0: knowing what to do. Yeah. I see it a few different ways too. It's like, if if you were if you were like going full speed ahead before this happened, then mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe this slowdown's not too bad for you. You know? So like if you're twirling, if that person's twiddling their thumbs, I'm good with it. Chances are they probably aren't because they still got stuff to do, but then again, like what else that is like how you're taking it, your philosophy on it. It's like, I mean. I got time <laughs> as, long as, practice, as long as you don't practice. long you don't practice procrastination, <laughs> just like let me decrease my procrastination during this quarantine. It's 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 a weird thing. It's like when I talk to people,
1: and I know people who are unemployed for a long time, and people who employ hundreds of people. So I'm it's a big spectrum of people, and I always talk to them, and they always talk about time and how they don't have enough of it. Big business guys like, oh, I gotta do this conference call and I have to fly to this city to meet with these people. And it's just that like, I get back on my family. And then people who are unemployed are just like, man, I didn't wake up till noon. Next thing I know, it was eight o'clock, you know, just. <laughs> 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 Next thing you knew, it was night nice already. Like, together. But they always talk about time is like, I never heard people say, I got too much time. It's always, I don't have enough time. And so now with the slowdown. Yeah even if you're working more or less what you were working before, it's like, there seems to be like an extra time. It's like with the world hit pause. So there's more time to like catch up with stuff. Even if it's just like communicating with people you haven't talked to in a long time. Cause I've, I've fallen out of contact with people that I used to think were like tight, tight. And I'm like, dude, I haven't talked to this dude in like three years. And it's, mm-hmm. it just happens because once mm-hmm. you start moving forward, you start making new groups of friends. and start meeting new people. And those people kind of, Mold to your life, and then you're still moving forward, and maybe you change careers, and you meet a whole new group of people, and then people start falling by the wayside. Who, for no other reason, you're just not around them as much
0: anymore. So they see, the lack of proximity can have such an impact.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. That happens all the time. Like it's like I don't know. Like your job is a lot more, I think, enclosed than mine is. I'm in the gym, but trainers come and go all the time. Like you would be training for two or three months, that you get a couple of private clients. Them boys is out of here. But when they're in the gym, I see them six days a week. We're, hey, what are you doing for that workout? You wanna work out together? Yeah, we high-five and posting videos. And then like a month after they leave the gym, we just we do kind of lose touch. It's a weird thing. They'll be in the same city as me. And I'm just like, just because I don't see them at work. We're automatically yeah. less close. And then if you yeah. move to cities, I mean never talk to you again. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. That that exact same thing happened to me when I moved over to my current job. Like I realized how much proximity and just honestly, just actually being coworkers and or just being in that space for that shared period of time. Yeah, and you know, you, you lose that, and how much that can just cause a ripple. And You know, you slowly, you know, you keep touch for a little bit, but then over time, you just easily get more and more disconnected. You know, it seems to be like a natural thing. So I hear you, man.
1: I think of it almost like getting over an ex. Like, if, you're, if you are around your ex, like, you let's, get, let's say you guys live in the same building or even work together, what have you. Even after you break up, it's still weird because you still have to see that person every day. Those feelings come up all the time. You're just always around the feelings. Even if you're like, I'm over it, she moved on, I moved on, whatever, you're still near it. The minute, like, you change jobs, it seems like you take a big leap in getting past that relationship because now you just don't have to see him all the time. And it gives your brain a chance to actually create real distance. And I think it's—I don't know—it's a, it could be a human trait. But I've definitely broken up with girls and had to still be around them, and it was real awkward. I'm talking about—it was real awkward. It's like six months later, I'm like, we
0: still in this weird phase. That's understandable. And on the flip side, too, to that is you could use that to pull together positive emotions essentially Mm. you know like you can know that a change of scenery can create you know just a new sense of self or new, you know new new questions new distractions you know? know so no, you you're being very mature about it. Obviously, I was. Then, like proximity, you know, like. <laughs> no, I feel you're just saying like I'm just. I, I heard something earlier that just like pinged to me when you when you mentioned that. Mm. No, like, yeah. like yeah. Some, sometimes when you're feeling a certain way, you gotta like switch things up. Sure. So, um, no, like I think the way the I'm way you want to like. We across the ocean. <laughs> hey,
1: Craig, where you at
0: now? Italy. <laughs> it's
1: like, what happened?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I listened to this podcast. I <laughs> got it, man. I'm going, baby. Italian Instagram story. I listened to a podcast, and now I'm like bouncing from continent to continent. I can't make it. <laughs> so what are you doing now? Making homemade fettuccine? You want some?
1: <laughs> like, I think you may have made a poor decision. <laughs> Just do with it, dog. You're definitely telling listen, you're definitely talking about something big though. Like it's um like like I've been talking to my ex recently about trying to do a podcast because that's something I've wanted to do for a little bit, but you have to be in a really mature state to do it because obviously we know each other on a deeper level. And it's it always has a capacity to go off the rails if you know something is triggered maybe i say like hey remember that one time on your birthday and i remember it differently than they remember it and it's like yeah you like you know you messed up and i'm really mad about that still like it has always it has a chance to kind of come out that kind of way but i think if it goes well that's like a really good indicator of growth and maturity between two people because it's really hard to like stop being with somebody and then still have them in your life and then be able to move forward in that in that way i think I don't even know if I'm mature enough for that, really.
0: But curious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely excited to hear the follow-up.
2: You <laughs> <What>? say <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to hear this podcast. <laughs> I'm all ears. I'm somewhere.
0: going
1: in. <laughs> hey, remember that one time? I was like, yeah, well, you did this. All right, guys, this is a great episode. We're all tuning in next week. <laughs> Craig will <I'm> be. <back. laughs> Right in the comments yo man y'all gotta do a part two i love this episode
2: <laughs> like,
1: nah fam she know where i live like i can't I can't do that I might get stabbed no nah, she's not that kind of girl
0: but nah man i think that's what you got to do in these things like you gotta take big steps you know you gotta sometimes you gotta open scabs you gotta do stuff man let those people see what's up
1: Here's the thing. Like, as much as I'm saying I'm not, like, being mature, like, I may not be mature about this situation because whatever. In general, I don't mind opening up scabs. I'm actually pretty open about, like, vulnerabilities and that kind of thing. It's different in relationships because it's your perspective of a two-person situation. And so you might feel like things were going fine and went sideways. They may feel like it was tumultuous the whole time. And so, like, my vulnerability – has to bounce off of someone else's, I think, for it to be somewhat valid. But, like, my own insecurities, my own, like, what Chris struggles with, that's my own thing. So if someone wants to talk about it and come with it, I think I'm fairly reflective and aware of where things are good, where things are bad. Because I don't like having a lot of blind spots in my day-to-day life. And we both know people, you can look in the mirror, well, you know there's significant blind spots that hold that person back from being, What they could be, and with a little bit of self awareness, they can go like so much further.
0: So yeah, yeah, and you can hold your shit together essentially too. So (laughs) sum sum it up in one sentence.
1: (laughs) Why you got sum my sentence up? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good thing, man. I mean, it can be. It could be. It could be seen as robotic. From I'm saying this is what women have told me This is not what I think of myself This is just, like how come you don't let it all out It's like I'm you know what it is It's like if you turn a faucet on Like a quarter way It'll fill a bucket over a certain period of time But if you turn it on full blast it'll fill it up a lot faster But it'll be a lot more violent right So it's like my faucet Is always on a little bit so like there's always A little bit of vulnerability and a little bit of Like myself Being put out into the world so I don't have those big rushes unless there's an outside stimulus, someone turning the handle for the most part. I don't just have it closed and then just be like, I'm tired of this. <laughs> 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 and it's going up. So what's perceived as, oh, you're robotic, you're not emotional. is like, no, I'm, I'm at a good emotional state a majority of the time. And every blue moon, someone pulls that handle and it gets a little bit more, you know, pressure filled or whatever. But. Generally, no, it's, it's just on at a constant
0: state. It might just come down to, like, good good communication. I mean, yeah, I guess it just does come down to communication, like knowing how, how someone else communicates that side of them, whether it's slow trickles into the bucket or faster trickles into the bucket. <laughs>
2: the fast trickles? <laughs> I don't know
0: if you can fast and trickle. <laughs> It's violent trickles into the bucket, or <laughs> it's like, "Yo, man, Craig, bucket be filling up real quick." <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that man; yo, he's already halfway full, God
2: what?
0: damn. <laughs> you know, seven
1: people this week getting over his emotional problems. <laughs> like, yeah, you no, but that's no. You're right, though. I, I was I was listening to the, the Joe Button podcast this morning because I'm, I'm a fan of what they do, and um, they were talking about a lot of stuff, and I'm gonna get into now because one of this. You know, but they were talking mostly about there being platforms and forums for guys to be more honest emotionally. And I, I know we're in a weird time in society where it's like if a guy says anything that's not, you know, perceived a certain way, there's a attacks that come attached to that. But as a result, it's led to a lot of dudes being dysfunctional members of, of society because the things that you need to work through what's your form to do that? I grew up in a church and it was like, if you have an issue, just pray about it. But like, at a certain point, you, prayers may get answered immediately. They may get answered 30 years later. Like there's no, there's no Amazon delivery for prayers. It's not like God would deliver your prayer in three days. Like, all right, cool. Like you don't know how it's going to go. And so just the idea of yeah. you know, give it up and it's going to be answered. Maybe as a kid it was fine, but like, I don't know how your parents and grandparents are set up, but I don't have that relationship with my parents where we have those, that depth of conversation. Like, my dad's from the islands, like your family is. My mom's from here, but she does what she does. So I don't, I can't be like, hey, Miles, I need to, like, I really feel like, that's not how we communicate. It's love, it's, we. I talked to my mom earlier today. Like, we're good, but it's not that level. And so I've had to get those those depth of conversations from real life, from friendships, from, like, School from whatever, and I get how a lot of dudes just don't have the outlet to deal with something as simple as like rejection. Like being turned down in the club is the funniest thing in the world if you choose to make it funny, but it also has led to many fights outside of a club. <laughs> and we've all seen them mm-hmm. dudes in a club, yeah, you want to drink? And he just gets turned down all night, and he's yeah. the same dude in the parking lot with no shirt on, throwing hands <laughs> because he spent yeah. $50 hoping to pick somebody up. It just didn't go his way. It
0: just didn't go well, his way. Well, you know, Amy Schumer, Amy Schumer made my way. Amy Schumer made a uh, about that. Mm. She was saying, like, guys, I can't remember what she said, something that women stress about, but men stress about the most is being real ridiculed. Or, like, that's what men fear the most, is being ridiculed. Mm-hmm. And you know, just your example there just kind of reinforces that. Like, you try to shoot your shot, it didn't work out, and now you're like having a fucking grown man hissy fit. <laughs> that's,
1: that's that's probably the most accurate way to say it. I came here to meet a chick tonight. Like, just I hear, I hear beating up random dudes in the parking lot. You see him walking by with his beautiful lady. You salty, like, look at this lame. It's like, well, you, what are you bad We mad at this guy for? Cause he has what you want, like. What are you mad about exactly. You're Leaving exactly. with that guy? Like you mean the guy with the range Rover? Exactly. good career? Yeah, I'm leaving with that guy. <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's a real thing though. It's like, like like I think I I'm people always ask me like if you could go back and redo things, would you do it differently? Like I grew up a super nerd. Like I had glasses, I was I played the tuba. Um not the coolest thing I ever did, but whatever. <laughs> tuba is not a sexy instrument fyi not pulling no girl with a tuba big facts but uh, even band girls are like oh you play the tube i'm going with the cello let's like, get out of here <laughs> go with the cello. <laughs> so like where's the triangle at why that triangle go hard <laughs> 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 oh boy the piccolo was over there like <laughs> <laughs> <you know?
2: laughs>
1: um, but anyway um so i grew up a nerd and it was it was always hard to like get women to like see me. Cause I was always, I was always like a smart kid, but I had glasses. I was small and I played it too. So like on the surface, there wasn't a lot to want to come to see. Like people who got to know me would be like, Oh, he's actually kind of cool. Like I was always decent at sports, but I always had glasses. So it was always like, I can play basketball, but I can't go to the basket because they'll knock my glasses off. So I can only shoot threes. Like I can't like, talk to a girl on the same level as some dude who's like a jock type figure because my appearance wasn't up to that level. But what it did was it, I got rejected a lot, like a lot. My hit percentage was like, I don't know, man, like 10%. This was bad. Like they would have they thrown me out of baseball if I was a, a, a batter just a number.
0: So 10%, 10% is probably the typical, though, if you really think about it. <laughs> By the time you don't see that, though, because I'm saying, 10%. you don't see that at the time, but you don't, you don't see 10% because you're looking at the guys who are pulling it off an ID. Like typically, <laughs> most of it's probably 10%. It's <laughs> right,
1: so 10%, 10%, 10%, 10% is a norm that maybe I was bad to five. But let me just. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> it also had to give you some perspective. I may be giving myself too much credit. It may have been a five,
2: right? one, <laughs> I had
1: 20, eight, nine, one But what it did was it made me hone certain skills. Uh, it made me be better at being um, comfortable around women. Because I had to, like, <laughs> think of it, like, if you're at a hunter and you're in the forest and you got a shotgun and you see something come by, you just, whatever. I had to, like, lay traps, like, let them come in. Ooh, what's this? And you're like, hey, how you doing? And, like, I had to be, I had to, like, Convince them to want to be around me, which means I had to be comfortable. I couldn't be a creepy dude first and foremost. Two, I had to be a decent listener because they want to talk and I want to like that's give it back. Good,
0: to good step one.
1: yeah it's like you had you got to be able to listen, and then like I learned how to like, you know, give like good hand massages because I I think that's a thing, and it's like all the and obviously I'm always a little bit goofy, and over time it would be like. It may take me six months to get a girl to be like, you know what, you're a cool guy. Where a normal dude may take three months or two months or less than that. But it made me be more aware, be more present, be more in the moment. It still made rejection hurt because that means I put six months of time in to then be rejected. So it was like, it was way worse. But the journey was cool. The rejection, rough, but the journey was cool. And I don't think a lot of guys have the luxury of failing as often as I did. So they don't know how to deal with
0: failure. Dude, a lot of guys, a lot of guys have to deal with that. It's just like you're saying, man, we don't have a lot of, we don't have the tools a lot of times to deal with that stuff emotionally. Like yeah. Most guys aren't out there looking like the stud in the room. Like that's, that's supposed to be a limited, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say trait, but I, you know, as far as an ecosystem goes, yeah. You know, some people are gonna have the kind of geometry to pull off looks, but no. Listen, you. Just- I think a lot more guys. I mean, I know I did. I mean, what you're what you what you're describing doesn't sound much different than my experience. So <laughs> you played you it know, too. You played I it think too? everything is. <laughs> nah, bro. I had the triangle. <laughs> you didn't live my life then, bro. Not playing the triangle. You was over to
1: Boston. Uh, the piccolo, but it it didn't work. I couldn't do the piccolo. <laughs> you're not you got living my life then, bro. That instrument was bigger than me. Like, you, you're not playing something bigger than you, though. You were able the French horn, being all cool. I'm like this guy's. Playing. It's like, yeah, I get what you're saying, though. I'm being I'm being goofy,
0: but I get, I get these jokes over. <laughs> No, but I mean, the moral of the story is just like no, like just not letting your ego take lead. You know, men are bad at that. Boys are bad at that.
1: Yeah, but like, so I'll ask this question to kind of keep this podcast rolling. Do you think guys are bad at that because they aren't they aren't taught to be better at it, or I don't know? It's supposed to be a two part question. All right, but may I ask, may I ask it this way? Do you think women are better at that than guys are because it's biological, or do you think women are taught better by society how to deal with their emotions than guys are?
0: That's the question. All right, here we go. Let's pot. Well, women are unfortunately stereotyped to be emotional, Mm -hmm. right? So if a woman is being emotional, as she naturally should be, it probably doesn't throw anybody off because it might already be the stereotyping or the bias that women are already emotional, you know, whereas if a man is not supposed to be emotional and a man is showing emotion that's throwing off all kinds of red flags and alarms because, you know, you're just supposed to be stone face and blah, 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 blah. And all those other things, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't think, I, I don't think it's biological necessarily. Um, no, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily biological. I think it has a lot to uh, and just kind of what we think. I mean, why why necessarily in the year 2020 does a man need to be emotionally, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say colder or what's the word? I don't know, you know what I mean? Aloof
1: kind of? Doic.
0: No, I mean like unnecessarily stoic, you know, can't cry, can't do nothing, but like it's okay for a woman to I I just feel like in the year twenty twenty, like emotional intelligence could be good for anyone. Okay. So, you know, yeah. I I still think we still live with these preconceived notions about how emotions tie to gender. And I think men on the side of that spectrum where We're not expected to show emotions, but we do feel emotions. You know, so I don't I I wouldn't say it's biological to answer your your initial question. I think it has a lot to do with what we think the expectations are. All right. I think think you're saying a lot of truth. So I'm gonna actually
1: I'm gonna delve even deeper because now we're in a good topic, like we're in we're in a good pie space. Is there is there a limit to how Emotional a man should be. I'm using should loosely. Basically, I want to give the example. The way that a lot of women, I'm saying a lot because I'm believing all and every, are allowed to behave emotionally where it can be like erratic and then apologetic. And I was hungry, so I got mad. Like, it's, it's hum- There's so many memes about women being like demons when they're hungry and then being like princesses when they're full. <laughs> and we just accept it as, as gospel because if you ever had a girlfriend and been around and they're hungry, Usually, things get a little sideways. But if men reacted emotionally at an equal level as women did, would that be accepted by one woman, but also society? Cause I think there's two sides to it. Like again, we're speaking heterosexual stuff. I don't, I don't speak for any other communities. But if, if like you've been in the relationship for a long time, we're not getting into yours. But like let's say your friends and family, if there was a man, my girl's crazy, yada yada. But if the guy acted the same way she did women accept us the way we accept them what do you think
0: women would be more than fine with them emotional if i had to guess okay <laughs> i i think i think there comes a i think there comes a point to where i'm talking about emotional intelligence i'm not necessarily talking about um how you're acting and what kind of emotions you're displaying gotcha. you know that's that's not what I'm referring to I'm just talking about doing the introspective process and being okay with just feeling shit you know I mean how many times has a guy be honest you felt sad you're like I couldn't cry right now if I tried like these tears ain't coming out <laughs> it's just like a barrier <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just want to let him out.
1: Not today you're not. Like, all right. No,
0: you guys ain't going nowhere. <laughs> oh,
1: security guard <laughs> I'm, I'm off your hat. Take off your hat, sir. <laughs> you at the front, not letting the tears
0: come out. I hear what you said. I think that's see you got that head on. No, no. No, no. I, I, I think they'd be alright with it. I think I don't think it would be as much as a shift. I think if anything, it would be a positive shift for for us as men, mm. that's for a, sure. I think we're
1: just saying, um, echoes a lot of what people's sentiments are. Like nowadays it's very, I'm not saying trendy, like you're riding a wave. I'm saying like, there's more of a push for it. Just like, I think the emotional intelligence movement, cause I'm gonna call it a movement, even though people don't ever like identify it as such. I think that movement coincides with the mental health movement. I think they both kind of like, go hand in hand like if you're more if you're taking care of your mental health you're going to be more emotionally intelligent right the reason people are emotionally unintelligent is because they have no they got demons and they got traumas they haven't dealt with and so they lash out they bury stuff they skirt around things that are a real consequence but once you are talking through traumas and therapies and that kind of thing then you tend to be more enlightened and so you act differently so i think I'm using them to be two separate, but like almost like double helix-like things, where they they kind of ride out together. And I think there's definitely yeah. a, a place for men to be more to be more in line with that. Um, I'm gonna say this: I think that movement will go smoother or will go further if it was men driving the movement and not women driving the movement on some level, because then it sounds like we're being, I'm speaking for guys, for some men. I can see it feeling like it's always the guy who needs to be better. It's always us who have to, like, soften up. It's always us who have to, like, do better. And it's, but that's coming from an outside source. It's almost like if you have a, a football coach who played football and then you had a, a coach who never played a sport before, you are some, on some level you're more in line with the one who played because they've been in the trenches with you, they know what it's like. If you're an outsider, it's like you just know the game from afar. So for like a woman to tell a guy you should be or I would like you to be more emotionally this way, they don't know the day-to-day of being a guy and what thoughts and traumas and what things we're trying to light. Like you say, you want to cry, but you got to keep it down. Women, I know women who cry three or four times a day at work, go in the locker room, wipe their face, and just go back and train as if nothing ever like happened. Knock one out. <laughs>
0: just let me go knock these tears out real quick. And that's like – like, I gotta watch Toy that's Story. Another an, an insult.
1: Yeah. It's, <laughs> I gotta watch up for Toy Story 3 to get these tears out. Just to, like, <laughs> just to go about my day. <laughs> so
0: like, I guess what I'm I saying. I gotta watch the sad season of Lion King at least four times in a row for it to really no, settle in.
1: Him pushing that line. Bro, whatever. But. <laughs> <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> so I guess
0: what
1: I'm. Like, is, <laughs> The stars, of hater, bro. I tell you what. Uh, the hater of the year. Hater of the decade. <laughs> no one ever gave scars scar <laughs> for being a hater of the decade, bro. <laughs> like this dude was so, so salty at his brother. He, he, I'm taking the
0: crown. Yeah. But I know he went hard too. He really he really pulled the the fucking the underwood plot. You know, oh, Like the wow. house of cards plot. Yeah, he out he's out of pocket. You know? <laughs> Scars are grimy, but I don't wanna lose your original point though. And I know you're definitely not like women are leading that conversation possibly, most likely because maybe they are most more emotionally. It's not that it's not demeaning as a man to talk about mental health. Mm. You know? That's why Michael Phelps is doing that commercial with his bare feet by the pool, you know, like.
2: <laughs>
0: mental health is important.
1: <laughs> I mean, with the Michael Phelps example. I'm like, I thought I thought you were saying Michael Phelps is smoking weed. I'm like, I get that. He's dealing with his mental trauma. <laughs> he's like, he's speed about the fool. Like, I didn't see that one coming. Uh you seen the
0: commercial?
2: I don't think I have actually.
0: He, so where he's um he's doing promo like a he's he's doing promo for um I think like it's a, a live streaming. A live streaming. Um a web-based therapy service
1: oh you're talking about i can't about remember it. the name of it i know i know, I know. You're um, like, um, headspace or something like that yeah i know what you're talking about like you can call your
0: therapist something like that know, stuff yeah i know what you're talking about um that's even that you know he went through some stuff you know even after he after even after winning all those medals he went through depression and at some point he was public about it and talking about you know how how hard life was after he had the historical moment.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. So I, I think that's why they tapped into to do the commercial. But anyway, I think that, that speaks to what you're saying about like many to see men talk about it.
1: You know? Yeah. Like it's I think I think it really is uh what's driving the conversation thing. Because what I've seen and I'm again I'm like I'm like you on some level. I'm not a conspiracy dude but I see like the big picture. And when I see, it's like, I don't want to see a women's empowerment movement moved by some, a rich white woman. That's like, cause visually that throws me off. Cause I feel like on some level they don't have the experience of a lot of the people that they're representing. So it doesn't feel like the movement moves as well. Cause it's easy to dismiss the movement as what are you talking about? You're you married well and you had it. Like you haven't struggled as much as, like a Mexican woman who was born in Texas is trying to like, like it's so visually it comes across different. That's why that's why we say Karens and that kind of thing. Like they have that designation for a reason. I think seeing men talk about stuff, real because again, like we, we're we guys and we need to have guy friends. We have friends that we know they can talk pretty in depth about, you know, how hard they are at their breakup and they can be honest about where they messed up in their current relationships. And they can tell you about, Man, I'm I'm scared to go for this job, or what, like, like, we know we have those friends, and then we have friends who, like, nah, man, I'm good. like just false bravado walking around. I got this, son, like all day. But you, but you see through it. Like it's obvious that they're just fronting, and you, like, mm-hmm. I, I look forward to the day you're not doing all that. But you might not be ready for that right now. So keep fronting in the meantime. Like it's entertaining, but it's probably holding you back in your life, though, because you're not being honest on basic stuff. So you're definitely not being honest on real big stuff. Right. So I don't know. I think it's just, I think it's actually progressing relatively quickly. It's just that there's so many dudes in this country, like and in the world that even if 10% are like on this new wave, there's a 90% of dudes be still like having to try to catch up. So, you know, these were these worlds collide. You work with the people who aren't emotionally intelligent, right? Like you're, I have a sister, like you have a sister, whatever. Like they may date a dude who isn't, but that's now affecting your family because now she's attached to somebody who isn't. It's like, these kind of things are like, playing themselves out. Like almost until everyone is at that level, we're always taking a step forward and like half a step back. We're just kind of like doing that whole dance. So it's interesting. I didn't really leave you with a question. I was just talking. So I realized
0: that I didn't. And I'm just thinking about, I'm just like reflecting on what you said. I mean, it's funny because like, it's kind of what I was hoping we would talk about too, because um, you know, you start off by saying, we were talking about COVID and like the quarantine and Mm -hmm. kind of trying to do, you know, trying to do certain you know try to develop better habits in little ways you know or getting certain things done and what do you think i feel like i want to try to come up with two to three things i don't think i've even told anybody this i'm going to try to come up with like two to three behaviors that i would like to try to like permanently change like moving forward just because i feel like there's been such a crazy transition with everything Okay. Do
1: you know the the two or three or are you speaking
0: that like abstractly now? Like I got to figure the two or three out. No, but self-care was one of them actually. Mm. Uh, Yeah. I still got to figure two or three out, but like one was self-care, you know, because that's exactly like everything you just said was exactly like what I've been reflecting on is just how we don't do a lot of self-care and how that gets looked at in such a feminine or negative light. Mm-hmm. you know, lacks masculine qualities, but I don't know, man. I just feel like the world's, the world's nuts these days. Like if you're not doing self-care and you're just getting wrapped up in a tornado with things, I know what that's like. I, I know what that's like. You know what I mean? Like it's not a foreign thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think what you're saying is
1: a big deal. So like I've been, I've mentioned this on previous pods, but like, one of the things my mentors have kind of put, they've kind of instilled in, in me is having daily habits to improve yourself to then ultimately improve the business I'm a part of. And it's an amazing luxury. And listen, I, like, I, don't know, I don't know if you believe, I believe most things happen for a reason. I think there's a couple things on the outside of that, but you never know when an opportunity will come into your life and when it will hit you at the right time and at the right moment. So like I got a chance to meet some twenty year olds who were like financially free, and I didn't I never even heard of such a thing other than like a rapper or, like <laughs> or like some some big time like athlete. it's like yeah I got my deal at nineteen and bought my mom a house and we chilling like aside from that like a regular person <laughs> who had been able to achieve that like i had never even seen it before, and so like I'm I'm chasing them down like hey can you kind of give me some knowledge on it? but. Obviously, they're hard people to get in contact with, but if you keep pressing people for knowledge, like like someone who's above you and your professor. You keep pressing them like, hey, let's set up a meeting, let's set up a meeting, like, can not be an intern, let of set up a meeting. At some point, they'll kind of go along with you. And finally, they were able to kind of take me under their wing. And I'm working on that kind of stuff now. And had I learned about this, I don't know, a year ago, I probably wouldn't have been in position to receive it well. Because my daily habits were erratic. Um, I was in my head too much. Whatever. Like, however you however you want to say it, I wasn't ready at the time. And it started with basic habits, like, can you read every day? Like, I read every day now. And I was, yes, even when we were in school, I was never in my life. I didn't read every day. I didn't read sometimes before a class and knowing mm-hmm. I had a test on the subject. <laughs> it's like, if hey, we got math test. Nah, I'm fine. <laughs> it's like, I'm not reading that book. Oh, you're a class act, bro. Whatever, dude. <laughs> I got good grades. I'm good. But, <laughs> I'm this is the thing. I, I paid attention to class and took good notes. So I didn't always have to read the content. The teachers do a really good job. You think about bro, what, Don't explain it to me, Sue. I knew, I knew you got out with a 3.8. Bro, I'm my boss. Gang right now. But what I'm saying is. <laughs> like, you <laughs> you can't explain it to me. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is though, is like, if a teacher is taking content from a chapter, they're giving you the most important parts when they teach it to you in class. Because they have a limited amount of time. So what they're saying is obviously the most important parts. They may give you 75% of the information in class. So other 25 is what you learn from studying, like whatever. So like the books weren't as important, but I read every day now. And at first it was like a couple of times, like at 11.50 PM, like, oh, I haven't read today. And I gotta like grab my book real quick and try to like get some pages in And now it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't hinder my day. I may have a downtime in between a client. Like, oh, my client is 20 minutes late. Cool, let me just book bust this book out real quick. And what was made is, I've read, I think, seven books this year. And I don't remember reading that many books nice. ever. <laughs> ever. And these aren't like, the cat in the hat went to the back. like <laughs> It's like, it's like these are real books. <laughs> the cat in the hat went to the
0: back. <laughs> i bars, man, baby. They knocked out seven Goosebumps novels.
1: <laughs> Listen, man, them am about to books is heavy you know <laughs> if you let them be <laughs> but like that, was, that was, <laughs> but that was a habit that they were like people who don't read stop improving because whatever you want to go into culinary business relational self-care there are unlimited books on them unlimited and so if you want to go into a certain field why would not you read the books of people who've been in the field before you and they're telling you This is a If you want to be a a football coach, you don't just randomly walk onto a field. You read Vince Lombardi's book. You read Nick Saban's book. You read Bill Belichick's book. This is how I learned how to win six championships. Culture is the most important part. For all these guys, culture is actually the number one thing. People think talent is number one. No. You have a culture. People come into the team, and they buy into the culture. Once they buy into the culture, you get your best player. Tim Duncan with the Spurs bought into Popovich's culture. He passed that down to Ginobili, Tony Parker, everybody else. and so. It makes it flow better. It's almost like having a coach on the field. Cool. And then you add talent to the system. But we've all seen teams like Pittsburgh Steelers a few years ago. with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Way more talented than New England. Got beat by 30 points because they didn't have a culture. It was dudes out there trying to get their contracts. I'm going out for me. I'm looking out for me. And then the Patriots are like, we are about to smash y'all. <laughs> and they smashed them. We about to smash these rich dudes. And they beat the hell out of them. And two of them left the team. So the idea of reading about something that you want to get into by people who've done it before you it was a concept that no one had ever told me in my whole life, despite all of the schooling we went through. It was just like you read what you need to read for school, maybe a friend of hey, read this book, Craig. All right, cool, I'll read a book. But it was never like an overarching philosophy behind it. You were just reading a book to read a book. Now it's like I'm reading daily, but I'm looking forward to what the next one is. Can I apply this book to some of my, to my real life, to my friends and family. Can I refer this book out to someone else? Or can I go deeper into this author, this author's like collection and see more stuff. That's how I got into like Brene Brown is a, a big person on like shame and emotional stuff. And I've read two of her books and then found out she had a, a couple of TED talks. And I was like, oh, okay. Went back and did that. And it's just like, it's, it's a simple habit because there are books everywhere, Kindles, paperbacks, whatever. But it's not hard to read every day. Everybody has 10 or 15 minutes to read. I don't care how busy you are. And that was a simple daily habit that kind of propelled me forward. Or is propelling
0: me forward. I'm not there yet, but... Yeah. All right, so I might, I might make that number two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ponder that one over. What the... <laughs> hey man you
1: might you might add a fourth thing to your list man you said two or three you may just have that I think reading is essential for everybody so like i yeah. I highly recommend it um, it is it is it is and I and listen, I was one of those dumb kids no, I didn't say no. yeah, like I don't need to read I, I got the movie i was I was one of those guys for a long time like man, I'm not reading books man i'm I'm watching YouTube videos I was that guy for a long time like, into my early 30s. And I'm not proud of it. I mean, it got me to where I am. So I'm not, like, I'm not ashamed of it, but I'm not proud of it because that's not something I would tell someone coming up behind me, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, like, part of mm-hmm. how I live my life now is I have younger siblings and I have, you know, four or five, I have five nieces and nephews. And part of my example I want to set is that I want to be able to tell them this is the way I did it and this is the right way to do it. Right. So if I if you catch me out in these streets on Rodeo Drive on cocaine, it's hard to tell my nephew, hey man, sometimes you just be out here. Like, <laughs> like it's hard to like <laughs> Hey, life gets hard sometimes. Uncle you need to read a fucking book. <laughs> like cocaine is bad, read that book. It's a good book. Like <laughs> like it's hard, to... <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to... it's hard to live in that space and be righteous. And it's at the same time. So, like, if you do the quote-unquote right thing, you can tell people at least I'm trying to do the right thing. It didn't always work out, which is something kids didn't need to know about. I think kids are taught, you do the right thing, it all works out. That's not really true. But you can at least stand in what you did if you did the right thing. And as long as you can stand it and live with it, I think that's a good, healthy, emotional place to be at. The idea mm-hmm. that I just try hard, I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to be a hit rapper or make the football team or – get every girl I like is not true. It's just not true. But if you treat people with respect and they don't respect you, then that's not on you, that's on them. If you try your hardest at a given location or sport and you reach a decent level but never reach the highest, that just wasn't your calling, right? Like you can always fall back on, I did what I could do. As long as you know you did what you can do, there's no regrets. The regrets are, man, if I apply myself better, I could have been a better I could have been a better tuba player. I could have been a better tuba player. I was embarrassed. I'll admit it. I hated tuba. But could I have been better? Yeah. But I didn't want to keep practicing because they'd be like, who's making all that noise back there? <laughs> 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 Sorry.
0: Sorry, it's just a loud instrument. Like it held me back. And, like, the point, and you know, like reading a book is way easier than a tuba in, in, in many different ways. That's true.
1: That's true. Yeah. You can read a book in public and not be embarrassed. You carry a tuba in public and they're definitely
0: laughing. You gotta have a lot of swagger to really carry that tuba through public. Dude, ain't no it's such honest. thing as carrying a tuba
1: in public. People don't live that life. Where you going? To the grocery store? What's that in your hand, tuba? I think people live that life. Can you carry a tuba with one hand? Uh you can. You can like you can. Do the fun in the right, right setup. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta work out a little bit first. <laughs> you can't just you can't just off-rip just be deadlifting tubas. Like It's got some weight to it now. It's, it's not made. Like when you, like, get,
0: a, uh, when you get a tuba, do you have to upgrade your like from a sedan to a uh No. A tuba... Like bit, when you get that
1: tuba. Here's the thing. I used to have... Um, so I played a trumpet before I played a tuba. And a trumpet is a tremendous instrument. Everybody loves a trumpet. Like It's the biggest instrument in the band. It's small, compact, three rings. Everybody loves the trumpet. I used to carry my trumpet in the, in the basket of my bicycle that I rode to school every day. I had a basket on my bike, yes, and I was in the van, and I had glasses, and I was a nerd. This is the life I was living, crushing life. All right. I'm, not, I'm not judging you, man. No, they, they did it so, I'm sorry. But they, you're not judging me today.
0: today you did, 20 years I know, ago. I know 2020 Craig is not judging you, but no. Nah. 2001, 2001, uh, 2001, Craig might have been an ass. Yo, 2000, Craig would have been throwing
1: rocks at the spokes in my bike, <laughs> ball with the trumpet. Fact.
0: <laughs> people, people got real accurate throwing rocks. In my bike. People, like, you should play quarterback because you can real accurate. They got well, shit. Real like rock. if this thing it just hits the basket. It might still fucking hit your tire. Dude, people was people was hitting them. They was hitting the tire <laughs> on my bike. I'm like,
1: how are you throwing this? Well, I'm a moving target, dog. You are 11 or 12 years old. Your arm shouldn't be this developed. But. <laughs> But I'm just saying, so like you can carry a trumpet. I mean you can carry a tuba in most regular cars. Maybe not a Kia. Definitely not like a like a like a beetle. You probably couldn't get it in there, but that's fine. It shouldn't be an instrument you carry around that much anyway. Keep that at the house. And like your triangle. You can carry a triangle in your pocket right now.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> just break that out whenever the inspiration hits, man. Keep it close.
1: Skin the lock or Let me uh
0: Change the mood a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: why you break the tension in that argument and pull this triangle out real quick.
0: Break out my my blinding lights cover. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I'm trying to floss some people. you, <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: how did we even get to talking about instruments? Um. I don't
1: remember. I think that's the beauty of a podcast. Like, when we go back in here, you're like, oh, I remember how we got here. Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> in the moment, it felt like an flow of a conversation. Oh, I think maybe it was about vulnerability and how vulnerable it was playing the two of them. And maybe that sounds like it could be right, but also, it could very easily be wrong. It doesn't really matter how we got here. We segwayed away from the book conversation, too. Well, we can get back on the book conversation. I'm just saying, like, I think... I, like, I never thought I would be the book guy. I remember so the how,
0: how long have you been the book guy? Since January.
1: Nice. And then you
0: knocked out seven books
1: since January? I'm, I'm right now, dude. I'll, I'll finish What's another cool. one before this month is over. But, what kind of books do you like? Hold on. My bad. I do have to ask. Mm-hmm. You're fine. They're most, what kind of books do you like? They're mostly business books, but some of them are also, uh, also self-help. So, like... The book that hit me the hardest is Brene Brown's Daring Greatly book. It's probably around 200 pages. And if you don't know Brene Brown, she is a – I think she was a psychologist, but she specifically studies – I am familiar with Brene Brown. All right, so you know about Brene. Brene's a star, like on YouTube and in real life. But her book Daring Greatly is the first book – I'm not going to say I cry reading it. I will say my allergies kicked in and my eyes watered slightly. I will say Word. that
2: Word. <laughs> I never, you really
1: let them out. I let it out. I had like, I had to wipe the pages of my book, like, oh God damn it. <laughs> books I was aren't supposed to get wet. <laughs> Cause you know what it was? It was it was <laughs> <laughs> she she's tapping into stuff in the book and she's a person who doesn't like being vulnerable, but her whole study is about vulnerability. So a lot of the book is I'm not someone who's like high and mighty. Like I've been lonely my whole life. She's a Texas white woman. And you know, we all know the perception of what Texas is. Hardcore, guns, pull yourself up by your bootstrap, no pain, no game. And that's kind of how she actually is in real life, even though that's the the stereotype. And so she's like, I never was a vulnerable person. And I kept studying other people's vulnerability. And it, it showed me that you can't live a full life and not be vulnerable. And that was like a really like, profound thought and it started making me reevaluate relationships I've had in the past started making me reevaluate friendships and really really myself like I had to kind of look myself in the mirror like dude like where have you been and I recommended that book to four other people since I read it and it was so it was like I think it's a must read for anyone who wants to know themselves a little bit better if that's your only thing you do when you read the book and you put it down and go look your life fine I think though it was going to lead you to delve deeper. I think it'll lead you to go further into the, that realm, but I had never read a book like that before that was it was it's very it's, her, her writing style is very easy to assimilate like she's not talking in super doctor jargon. not trying to talk over your head. It's just like this basic stuff is like, like this is like a simple passage: when you build a wall to keep people out. You also keep people from getting in, right? And that's a very simple concept. But then when you start thinking about that, it's like how many times have we felt some kind of way, put a wall up like, nah, no, one, no one's going to hurt me. And you're only thinking about that side of it. No one's going to hurt me. But then you also realize that no one can help you. How can they get in to help you? The same wall keeps people out, keeps people in. And so now you just have your negativity bouncing mm-hmm. off of yourself, off of that wall, back to you over and over and over again. And it's like the mm-hmm. idea that you might get hurt by someone getting close to you is a real one. It's going to happen. The more people get close to you, the more someone's going to hurt you. But you also have the fullest parts of your life by sharing it with somebody else. And it was just like, I was like, listen, I'm about to go, I'm about to fly to Texas and shake her hand. I didn't, I thought about it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you live Austin. Um, it's a really, it's a really kind of profound book on the like self-help side. And then the business side is more about being an entrepreneur, how to build an infrastructure, how to scale a business. If you have a business that's small, you want to make it bigger. Um, and then just business principles, because I think business principles apply to a lot of how life works. Like that's why someone like Warren Buffett is the best investor ever, because he's very, he checks every like, permutation of an idea, but then he goes all in on that idea where some people are like, let me put a little bit here. Like, they're doing this kind of thing. Like, when he feels like he's got a good winner, he goes all in for it. He's lost a bunch of money over the years. He's obviously made exponentially more than he's ever lost. And even at 80 years old, there's no one who's even like – I can't tell you who the second best investor person is. It's Buffett, and then it's the world of millionaires beneath him, and some billionaires. No one else is where he is. He lives in Omaha, Nebraska. Old white dude crushing it. And at 80 years old, you would think somebody would have come along as some 40-year-old hotshot dude, or something, and no one – he's in a league of his own. Like, literally, I'm, I'm reading Market Watch, and they're saying, we're waiting to see what Warren Buffett does to see what we're going to do next. I'm like, what about the other billionaire people? They're like, don't worry about them people. We're waiting for him. He's the guy. <laughs> they're waiting for, they're waiting for we're waiting for Warren. Because he has money in Coca-Cola. He has money in, like, United Airlines. He has – you know, Berkshire Hathaway, like he has money in major companies. So what he does determines how a lot of these, you know, big indexes move. But it's just like learning about, like, they don't teach us business unless you have a business degree in real life, but business is how the world works. They don't teach us about the stock market. They don't teach us about saving money, but that's really what the world is. And so until you start getting that education on how money works how, what what compounding interest is, which people, a lot of people, adult people have no idea about. It's um, you're, you're behind the eight ball, but the information is available for you to have. It's not like just because no one taught it to you, that's a travesty in and of itself, but the information is available for you to have if yeah. you decide to seek it. But if you don't know that information exists, you don't yeah. know to even seek the information, which is why you got to read books in the first place and know, yeah. I didn't even know
2: this was a thing. Yeah.
0: You look into this thing I didn't yeah. know about. And that's the cyclical part of the whole book thing. I think a misconception is that to to start reading books requires you to pick up these novels and you know, these fictions. But that's not necessarily the case. You you know, can, like, yeah. Find content that would interest you, find a topic that would interest you. Yep. You know, start with something that you think is digestible for you. You know yep. what I mean? Like and do a little bit of a time. I mean, it's, you do have to make a, an effort. And it's something that I wish I did more often myself. That's that's, that's habit number one for you, though. Like you already you already touched on it. Even if it's audiobooks, to be quite honest.
2: That's what that's, they, I, is, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to
0: take anything away from that either. You know, like, if your commute is your 15 minutes,
2: mm-hmm. you know? And I,
0: I, I have listened to audibles and audiobooks. So I know that like commutes and when you're going on a walk or, you know, cooking, like anytime you could just keep a headphone in your ear for a few minutes, you know, that, that's getting the knowledge from that book. So, I mean, I'm all about the outcome, you know? So if physically reading it is difficult and listening to it being read by the author to you in your car (laughs) makes it doable, then to me, then, you're working on reading. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is a certain quality about actually physically reading something, right. but I'm
2: just, talking
0: about as far as getting information, getting that can help, which you can't not doing anything. Listen, you're
1: touching on a lot of concepts. We're going to, um, we're going to wrap this up now, actually. But I think where you left off is a good place. Cause you said something that correlates with training. It's, get started and get started at your level, right? People ask trainers, we both trained before, right? So people say like, how do I get in shape? It's like, wherever you are, start from there and then start and stay consistent. Same thing with reading. Like I'm, my my background was like in being a marriage and family therapy, a therapy student or whatever. So like, I'm big into the mind stuff anyway. So Brene Brown was a natural place for me to go. I just didn't know who she was. So it wasn't like, You know, it was a random book. It was like she was talking about stuff I want to get into. But if your thing is, again, businesses—we all work in the business world on some level. So it's like, or even selling—if you want to, like, I'm not a great seller. How do I sell better? There's plenty of books on selling. If you're like a yoga, meditation type person, plenty of ways to get better in touch with that. Like, find whatever you want to do. If it's an audio book, and because you have long commutes to and from somewhere, let it ride. It's not. It's not. Is it the same? No. Is it something? Yeah. It still gets in there. Find your lane. hmm Don't mm-hmm. waste a bunch
0: of money. Don't go out and buy nine books.
2: <laughs>
0: no, just- exactly. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Peruse. Find one that catches your interest. Mm-hmm. You know? No, but I- exactly. 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 And just get started. But, Craig, man,
1: this has been dope. I'm happy to have you on, man. It is, man. I appreciate it,
0: too, bro. You talk about
1: some heavy topics, man. I think a lot of people... If they give it a chance, can get can really glean something from all this because this is really some this is real talk. And you, I thought you think you articulated yourself well, so I appreciate you dropping knowledge on the people. Thank uh, you, man.
0: Thank you, man. I Appreciate you engaging. You made it an easy conversation to engage into. Listen, man. I mean, other than you trying to shine I'm on me with the triangle, me. the
1: rest of it was easy. <laughs> <all>. <laughs> 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 but you was play really I mean, I could try I ain't bragging or nothing. Like, come on, you, you, I played a were Like, on me on my own pot. I'm just, I'm not here for that. But not <laughs> embarrassing me in front of my millions. <laughs> my millions of <laughs> <friends>. um, <laughs> you got to some dope stuff, man. But I would love to have you on some other time. Uh, we'll probably be in this Rona thing for another month or so. But regardless, we'll find time to to follow up, because like, people want to know. How you've been applying the self care and books and whatever other two or three things you add to your habit list to see how to keep you accountable on some level that's what friends are supposed to do, so I can't let you talk about books and then two months later, man, I ain't got no books I'm like what this is what you told me this is what you said to me, so we got to keep you accountable and to check in and I see like it change I your like, life. It. I like it I like it, I like it that's how it works, man. You want to uh, give people a place to find you on social media or shout them out with some little wisdom for the day, or you want to just chuck a deuce? It's up to you.
0: (laughs) You know what? I don't really have much to plug, so I'm going to chuck the deuce, but you and everybody stay safe.
1: Stay safe is the way to be. Thank y'all for tuning in once again, to the unofficial therapy podcast. I don't think we did an official intro to the show. That's fine. We, (laughs) it worked. We're good now. You get, you get an outro. <laughs> we, we, can, we can roll into an intro. We <laughs> roll into the show.
0: No official intro, but you get an official outro. Right, I'm Craig. I go, I go yeah. way back. Um, you know, lucky to have known Chris Kane back in the undergrad days. So, oh, yeah. back in the you back. know, always a good time reconnecting.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, man. And, look, they don't need an intro every time. All right? just right? They've been spoiled with 75 episodes getting all these – great <laughs> it time, right? it's it's, 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 the, it's the quarantine series you get what you get um <laughs> so thank you for tuning in we're now on spotify i don't know if you know this not Craig. we're now on spotify and apple podcast so now the platform is growing a little bit we should get more listenership so if you can't check us on the, the podcast app check us on Spotify. Sure. unofficial therapy
2: podcast we'll see you guys next time thank you for tuning in